American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about St. Anthony Chapel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which houses the largest collection of relics outside of the Vatican. And we're talking about the healing priest who made it happen, Father Sutbert Mollinger. So first, let's talk about the chapel and its relics. How many relics are we talking about here? More than 5,000. That is an astounding number. Yeah, really it is. But God works in mysterious ways. So here it is, less than an hour from our home in Steubenville. Yeah, and it was nice to be able to spend some time there in prayer the weekend before our wedding. It was so amazingly peaceful. When you walk in, you let the atmosphere wash over you. And if you listen quietly, you can almost hear thousands of small voices and joyous laughter, prayer, and praise of God in that blessed space. It's like walking into the cloud of witnesses from Hebrews 12. Or maybe that was just me. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I highly, highly recommend people come to Pittsburgh for many reasons. And the experience of St. Anthony Chapel is high on that list. Really, it's an amazing place. Certainly. So let's talk about the building itself and how that collection of 5,000 relics got there. Well, on July 4th, 1868, Father Sutbert Mollinger was named the first pastor of the Parish of the Most Holy Name of Jesus in the village of Troy Hill, Pennsylvania. The village, which is now a neighborhood of Pittsburgh, is high on the hill above the Allegheny River. It was a settlement of German immigrants who worked in the mills, breweries, tanneries, and railroads. Father Mollinger was himself an immigrant from Belgium. He had had a great desire to heal people, and he studied medicine before entering seminary in Ghent, Belgium. In Ghent, he met, he met an American bishop who needed missionary priests, and he was happy to sign up. He came to the States in 1854 and eventually became a priest of the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Okay, so he came as a missionary priest. Where did the relics in the chapel come from? Well, Father Mollinger had money and connections. As the wars of the 19th century Europe raged, the Kulturkampf in Germany and the unification of Italy, monasteries, churches, and abbeys were raided and destroyed. Many sacred items, including relics, were in peril of being destroyed with them. Enter Father Mollinger. Whether he traveled to Europe himself or others acted for him, he secured these relics that were in danger of being destroyed and had them brought to his home in Pittsburgh. So eventually he amassed such a trove of relics that he knew they needed a proper chapel where they could be kept and venerated. Exactly. But his parishioners declined to finance this new building. They weren't exactly a wealthy lot of laborers, and the parish couldn't afford it. So Father Mollinger tapped his own family money to build the chapel just down the block from the parish. He dedicated the church to his favorite saint, Anthony of Padua, and held the Mass of Dedication on St. Anthony's feast day, June 13, 1883. Thousands came to the dedication. See, Father Mollinger had developed a reputation as a great healing priest, both physical and spiritual healings. He had enough of a medical background that he would develop and prescribe medications for some ailments, and he was also eager to provide a blessing and spiritual healing through the sacraments to all comers. Annually, on the Feast of St. Anthony, Father Mollinger would hold a healing mass that would include anointings and special blessings with the relic of St. Anthony. Hundreds and even thousands would come to his healing masses from all over, and many healings were attributed to these events. Yes, and the museum that today is across the street from the chapel includes some of the stories and articles from some of those healings, including discarded crutches, like you might see at other shrines. 
But even with all of those relics, the healing ministry, and his new chapel, Father Mullinger wasn't done. No, he was not. He continued traveling to Europe to rescue relics and find sacred art for his chapel. On one trip, he purchased life-size Stations of the Cross statues, plus 14 stained glass windows from some of the great artisans in Munich, Germany. The windows depict the Apostles, St. Paul, St. Stephen, St. Lawrence, and the window over the main door shows Our Lady as the Mother of God and Queen of Heaven, plus St. Joseph and St. Catherine of Siena. With the additional relics, plus these statues and windows, the chapel had to be more than doubled in size. In all, Father Mollinger spent more than $300,000 of his own inherited money building and outfitting the chapel, a sum that would be nearly $8.5 million today. But Father Mollinger wouldn't live to see the great good that would come from his newly completed chapel. No, his health had deteriorated through the 1880s with rheumatism and dropsy, but he didn't allow his own failing health to stop his work ministering to the sick who came to him for healing. Even when he took a trip to Atlantic City to rest, hoping the ocean air would help him recover, as soon as he was recovered a little, he began making rounds blessing the sick who were there. He returned to Pittsburgh and poured himself once again into completing the enlarging of St. Anthony Chapel. The dedication took place, naturally, on the Feast of St. Anthony, June 13, 1892. 15,000 came. There were so many people, there were no rooms available for many miles. Pilgrims slept in the school and even on the floors of his rectory. The day of the dedication was a day of great joy and sadness. Father Mollinger offered the mass of dedication and wished to go out to do the customary blessing of the sick, but his own illness caused him to collapse. He was taken to his rectory with a ruptured stomach, and he died two days later on June 15, 1892. So tragic, but beautiful. And unfortunately, he died without a will. His relatives, who had legal claim on his estate, didn't share his devotion to the saints, and they descended on St. Anthony Chapel in short order. Right. And they made off with nearly everything that they thought they could sell. The crystal chandeliers, the golden candelabras, and even the beautiful altar made of onyx. But the Bishop of Pittsburgh prevailed upon them not to loot the whole thing. I mean, think, all those relics are in gold and silver reliquaries, lots of them featuring valuable gemstones. Yeah, take the relic out and you've still got quite a bit of value in the reliquary itself. Exactly. His Heirs agreed to sell the chapel with its windows, stations of the cross, and all of the relics to the bishop for $30,000. Eventually, the parishioners of Holy Name Parish raised the money to pay the bishop back. So St. Anthony Chapel was preserved for future generations. Yes, but the crowds didn't keep coming back in quite the same numbers after the death of the healing priest. That chapter of the story of St. Anthony Chapel was closed. But that doesn't mean the power of the chapel itself is gone. With that many relics, the place is alive with the grace of God. That said, we should talk a bit about what a relic is and what sorts of relics are at St. Anthony Chapel. Well, Relics are things directly connected to a saint or to Christ himself. There are three classes of relics. A first-class relic is a part of the mortal remains of the saint, so a bone fragment or a lock of hair, or in some cases, blood. Also considered first-class relics are relics associated with Christ himself, like the nails that held him to the cross, splinters of the cross, spines from the crown of thorns, etc. A second-class relic is something owned and or used by the saint, so a piece of clothing, a tool or piece of furniture, a book, that sort of thing. And a third-class relic is something touched to a first- or second-class relic. These are generally a person's personal rosary or a holy card which they keep for their own veneration after touching it to a first- or second-class relic. 
We venerate relics because they are the mortal remains of those who are in heaven. Yes, God made all of the created order and declared it very good. Through sin, we damaged our standing with God, but through Christ's self-sacrifice, the breach was overcome. When a person becomes like Christ and dies in that state of grace, they, in a very real sense, brought their whole being into union with God, body and soul. They now stand before the throne of God and behold the beatific vision, waiting until the last day when their body and soul shall be reunited in that experience. So by being near to a part of the earthly body of a saint, we are near to a person who sees God face to face. By venerating their relics, we are giving glory to God for the good things he accomplished through them. We don't worship the relics of saints, but we look to the saints as examples and intercessors. They became perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect, which is what we all are called to do. Right. So in this collection of more than 5,000 relics, let's look at some of the more notable ones. Well, for starters, there are 22 splinters from the true cross. One reliquary holds not just a splinter of the true cross, but also a thorn from the crown of thorns and a piece of stone from the holy sepulcher. Another reliquary contains bone fragments from each of the 12 apostles, and another has a fragment of Mary's veil. And a reliquary beneath the altar is the entire skeleton of a child saint, Demetrius. Plus, there are whole skulls, some from virgin saints who were martyred by beheading, and two pieces from the table of the Last Supper. Father Mollinger's favorite relic was the tooth of St. Anthony kept at the St. Anthony altar. It is purportedly the only part of the body of St. Anthony not kept in Padua, Italy. More than 4,000 of the relics have full documentation of authenticity, paperwork that isn't always easy to find, especially when the relic is acquired in the midst of a war. The rest may not be fully and officially verified, but at the very least, holy piety can supply the necessary disposition of veneration to aid one in prayer. Regardless, it is impossible to visit St. Anthony Chapel devoutly and not be drawn into an experience of peace and joy. St. Anthony Chapel remained a site of pilgrimage and healing, but gradually fell into disrepair during the 20th century. A major effort to repair and restore took place in the 1970s, and St. Anthony Chapel remains a major destination of pilgrimage and healing, both spiritual and physical, just as Father Mollinger had dreamed that it would be. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on social media at facebook.com slash American Catholic History or follow StarQuest on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest.